It's time for episode 351 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that anagrams to click woes. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my buddy, my dungeon buddy, my co-host, my pal, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? Now I want to know what dungeon buddy, uh, what an anagram for dungeon buddy is. <laughs> so I might have to Well, the internet anagram server can help you with that one. I will figure it out, but I'm doing well, thank you. Good. We're on pins and needles now. The end of the show, you'll have that for us. Uh, This is, of course, the show where we welcome two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is a writer and a podcaster, my good friend, my co-host over at The Rebound, Mr. John Maltz. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm fine, Dan. Uh, You asked me to be on the show. I sighed heavily and said yes. (laughs) (laughs) A little peek behind the curtain there. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And to my left is the senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. You know her uh, for her excellent podcast right here on Relay FM, as well as probably many other things, if not just her name. It is Christina Warren. Hi, Christina. Hi, guys. How are you? Excellent. And hopefully you are, too. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, we are. We here in the uh, Capitol Hill um, uh, <laughs> occupied protest are are doing well. Nice. Good. I love it. Good to hear. Good to hear. Thank you for the update. All right, let's kick off our tech talk this week. I'll go first. It is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference time, and I know we've all had fun with our you know realistic previews and guesses, but I want to know what's your most pie in the sky wish when Apple comes on stage or shows up on video this time around, what are you devoutly hoping that they will say? John? Uh, Dan, we talked about this earlier in the week on the other show, but um, it, and I, maybe I didn't read this question quite right about the pie in the sky part, but I think it actually is a correct answer because I don't think they're going to do it. And this is, uh, f- I would say, fixing FaceTime so that you can have a grid view instead of things, you know, people swooping in and out as they... Uh, start talking and um i would love to think that they're actually going to do that uh and i just have a real feeling that they're not going to touch it at all so i feel it qualifies for uh for some pie mm, okay pie sure uh pie for me would be a an android like uh th- not theming system. I don't know what to call it. Uh, there have been rumors of widgets, but I don't foresee Apple doing widgets in the way that I... The one thing that I like about the Android system is the way that I could put a whole calendar on my uh, home screen and adjust to adjust the size so that I can have a big old calendar or a little one. Uh, I can put a notes app on my home screen. I can have little buttons that let me turn on and off lights. Uh, don't email me, Matthew Castanelli. I know I could do that with shortcuts. Uh, but I want... <laughs> Um, if Apple could introduce a, uh, a sort of machine learning, artificial intelligence style um, audio processing engine that 
bleeps or, or not bleeps out, but completely uh, silences alarms. That would also be a good <laughs> pie in the sky option. No, I, I can't. Uh, I kind of like bleeping though. <laughs> yeah, I bleep, think instead of an alarm, it's just <laughs> does, bleep. Does that just I add another sound anything. over the top of the alarm sound? Um, so no, take that part out. Ha ha, funny. Uh, that's just for you live stream. But I just just the first one. I think uh, uh, a widget system that is full and truly the way that uh, Android does it would be really awesome. How about you, Christina? My pie in the sky would be actual like multi-window multitasking on iPad OS. That would be my pie in the sky. I don't think it's going to happen, but there would be a way to actually have, you know, two apps uh, visible at once in a way that's not just split screen. That would be pretty great because right now the kind of the, the scenario where, you know, you have, um, you know, picture in picture, but that only works for, for certain videos and it doesn't work for, for all apps and it doesn't work for all things is really frustrating, especially as a bunch of us are now using our iPad Pros, or at least me as more uh, primary devices, especially for things like conference calls and, and things like that. So that would be ideal for me, kind of a way to actually have multiple apps on screen at once that isn't in like the just, oh, I've got it in, in, in split view uh, uh, kind of way, but, but, but an actual, you know, um, multi-window multitasking. Mm. Good news. You all get pie. Congratulations. Um, I've got two, which I'll do really quick. One is I would love with the rumors of the arm transition. I would love them to just be able to like walk on stage and be like, here's our new super slim last all day battery life MacBook. Like I will take that in a heartbeat runs on an Apple custom chip. You can order it today. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's what I'd like. And then as a secondary thing, I would like them to fix the autocorrect system in iOS because it's really bad <laughs> and it needs to get fixed. So I would like some pie now. Uh, thank you all for that. And we'll see if any of those come true next week. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from John. Well, Apple has chosen the week before its developers conference to get in a fight with developers. The makers of the email app Hey were notified that an update to their app would not be approved until they implemented Apple's purchasing mechanism within the app, which means that Apple would get their 30% cut. Currently, Hey is a, a subscription service that you purchase on their website the same way many other apps do it. But Apple added a clause to its developer agreement on multi-platform services two years ago, and they seem to have started enforcing that earlier this year. And all this stuff brings up Apple's App Store rules, which are currently being looked at by the EU. And my question to you is, what's a fair percentage for Apple to charge? And what are reasonable rules around implementing purchasing mechanisms, such as whether they should have to go through Apple's system or not? So I don't think that I can give a percentage that is fair to all parties. Uh, one party will want uh, more, one party will want less. And so I'm going to sort of cast that part aside to to talk about what I feel is a bigger issue. Um, and that is one of consistency. Um, in reading some of the responses to uh, the the Twitter stream about all of this information, a lot of the times uh, you see a repeating sort of narrative about how um, folks should try submitting uh, their 
their app at a later time or don't submit it at, you know, early in the morning, submit it late at night or submit it again. <laughs> All these different ways that people have found in the past to get past App Store review. <laughs> Click the button with the left Yeah, hand. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold your breath while you sub- submit it. And Stand on one yeah, foot. exactly. That means, and this is one of those things that I, I, it really frustrates me because as much as I hate um, the the slowness of bureaucracy and sort of the the inefficiency that can sometimes take place, what I do like are systems that do lead to efficiency and systems that lead to consistency. And when you see the the way that inconsistency causes issues, uh, my my partner is is a barista and. This just a quick example. Um, someone comes in and they order a drink, and uh, their favorite barista always used more milk in theirs. Uh, whereas a new barista who's been hired, who's been trained according to the recipe, adds the normal amount of water, which means that there's less milk in it. Then that person gets upset because their drink doesn't taste the same as it normally does because their favorite barista was adding more milk to the to it. If you have consistency, then you don't run into those kinds of issues. And so if this 30% uh, 30% of sales, uh, regardless of whether you include uh, a link or don't include a link in the app, um, was, was, you know, a blanket statement... Then, or or even if it's not a blanket statement, if you decide that if you don't have the link in there, then nobody has to you know worry about this. Then I think that is what results in less of these opportunities for people to get upset because their secret magical way of of um, uh, sacrificing an Apple pencil uh, to the fire to get their <laughs> app store through those things don't happen, and then you don't have this frustration in theory. Christina, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm going to say that I I think that 15% would be the correct percentage. It, it shouldn't be zero. I'm not in, of the opinion that it should be a loss leader. And I do believe that there is a real cost to the things that Apple does, both when it comes to processing payments, dealing with you know different tax considerations, if you're dealing with things in other currencies, uh, converting stuff, uh, and, and being able to accept things in uh, multiple currencies and sell across uh, different jurisdictions. So I do think that there's a real hard cost there. It's not a 30% cost. So uh, 15% would be what I would say. You can still make a a good pure profit on it, but it's no longer at the point where you're taking a third potentially of of someone's, you know, you know, net revenue. Uh, so, so that's number one. And then when it comes to the actual in-app purchase policies, I'm with you, Mike. I think consistency has been the big thing that we've been asking for for the last 12 years. Because I've like 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 Dan, like and 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 John too. Like we've been covering these sorts of issues for literally 12 years. And and I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. So I feel like if you have the rules, be consistent with it. But on top of that, I do feel like in, in 2011, when they started making the, the distinction saying if you have any sort of digital in-app purchase, meaning whether it's part of your application or if it's just a digital good, that Apple gets a cut, that doesn't seem to make sense right now. It doesn't, it's not the case if you're buying a physical item, but if you're buying a digital item, it does. And 
And, you know, back in the day, it seemed to mostly be going after things that were in categories where Apple was competing, uh, you know, things like books or, or, or movies or music. And now um, it, it really applies to anything. And I think you could make the argument that if it's something that is an add-on part of the app itself, so I'm thinking things like Fortnite skins or, or, or you know, unlocking an extra feature in an app, I think you can make the, the argument that, yeah, Apple can get a cut of that. But if it's something that is a service oriented thing that isn't touching Apple servers that Apple doesn't have any part of and that is being sold in a different way. I don't know in good conscience how you can make the argument that you deserve, that Apple deserves a cut from that. I just don't, I, I'm, I'm just not sure. So I would say consistency, as you said, and and for me, I'm, I'm going to say cut, cut the percentage in half, even at 15%. Apple would still be able to make a ton of money just off of of IAP stuff uh, from from its developers. Yeah, I, you know, again, like you guys, I think I have a hard time coming up with like a hard number, but 15% seems pretty reasonable. I'm thinking, you know, that's what my my book agent takes, like, that's a standard commission. (laughs) And at that point, it's like, yeah, I mean, I have, he does a lot of work for me. So... I think it's a matter of being able to just say, like, what is the reasonable exchange for the the services that are being provided? And like Christina, Apple's providing some services. That's great. Payment processing, uh, bandwidth, all that stuff. None of that stuff costs nothing. But the percentage of 30 seems very high at this point when the the market has become so established. I also agree that consistency is a big part of that. And I think that the biggest problem here is that this yields essentially a subpar customer experience. If you have the Kindle app and you want to go buy an ebook to read in your Kindle app on your iPhone, not only can you not buy a book via the Kindle app, you can't even be told how to buy a book, which seems ridiculous. So I, yeah. I actually advocate something like a two-tier system where I think Apple should have allow customers to either say hey we are offering you this service you can use all of our payment processing we will take care of all of this and you just give us a cut or they should say well for a smaller cut or for no cut you can roll your own system and we just won't touch it but you know you are responsible for handling all of that a lot of companies and small developers will say hey that's a great deal for me to give a cut to apple and i don't have to worry about any of this stuff and then bigger companies like amazon netflix will be like great we have already got our systems we will implement it and like we're on the store but you know you are not we're not asking you for anything so i think that they need to revisit this from from head to toe in terms of just how this whole agreement works it doesn't work the same way it did 10 years ago john wraps up really quick here yeah i um agree with basically all your comments and i think i'm even okay if they don't let you use your own system within the app and but you should at least be able to tell people to go to the website you know where to go and even you know maybe even provide a link because i think most people are still going to want to use the in-app purchase process because it's just so much easier apple already has your credit card information you don't have to put anything else in but in those cases where they do want to like make sure the developer gets more they can actually do it from within the app and like even if they go to a web form to do it so i'm okay with that but it's just it seems like not telling not being able to tell people even how to do it is just childish at this point yeah. and and i think and i think the uh, 15% seems right to me it's hard to make a you know a judgment on that particularly but um it's what they charge for subscriptions after the first year anyway and i think most mm-hmm. people most of these apps are going to subscription based anyway and you see fewer and fewer apps that are for you know purchase up front so yeah. why not just do that yep all right 
Two topics down, two topics to go. So, of course, it is halftime here at Clockwise. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you will get access to Nano plans starting as low as $5, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements, one-click installs of the most popular apps, including WordPress, the LAMP stack, and game servers from Minecraft, plus so much more. Go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2020 when creating a new Linode account and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode is hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash clockwise and the promo code clockwise2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, Micah, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm curious, have you ever streamed video games online for an audience? And do you uh, or have you watched video game streaming for fun? Christina, we'll start with you. Yes, to both. So uh, I've, uh, I've streamed on Twitch a couple of different games. I think most recently Animal Crossing, and I've definitely watched games. Again, Animal Crossing is a popular one. Um, it's not something where I watch, um, you know, like esports a lot, but I do very much enjoy watching Let's Plays and uh, people doing their setups. And because I'm now actually doing some live streaming of coding, which is a little bit different than mm. gaming, I've become kind of more, I guess, uh, aware of the Twitch ecosystem. System, as it were, and it's pretty compelling and pretty fun. And I, I do actually often enjoy various, uh, you know, uh, walkthroughs of, you know, retro games and and that sort of thing because I'm an old. But I don't know. For for me, it's it's a it's a fun thing to do, especially if, if I kind of want to get a sense of a game before I play it myself. Um, especially if the personality has a lot of fun with what they're doing. And some of the Animal Crossing um, live streams, I have to say, are pretty great. The, the, the way people get really excited about about that kind of stuff i haven't done much streaming i've done a little bit here and there mainly just to see if it worked although i will say we did one time uh john and our co-host lex friedman and, and i streamed a mario kart match that we had for our podcast listeners which was <laughs> a lot of fun um but i haven't spent that much time doing it i've talked with other friends about uh, getting into it every once in a while because i do like playing games and uh the streaming stuff seems like seems like fun um i've never gotten as much into watching it though i I will occasionally watch things if it's like you know debuting some new content or like here we're going to demo how this game works but i don't tend to just watch streams of people playing games for some i I think just for me it's it's more fun to play uh than to spectate um but i can see the appeal of it certainly especially for like the kind of really high level play that a lot of the people doing um or just like cases where animal crossing where it's like i'm never going to sink that much time into it but it's kind of fun to see what people have done with their islands so yeah i'm I'm intrigued but it's not something i spent a lot of time with john yeah i mean we did that that which was very fun and uh maybe hopefully we'll do it again Mm -hmm. the only time that i've uh actually 
created a video of me playing a game was I co-wrote a book on Minecraft and I had to make some videos uh, that went along with the book uh, that were, you know, things that online that people who bought the book can unlock, uh, which was pretty fun. Uh, I don't know how many people actually ended up watching them, but it was, <laughs> but it was a good time. And that was kind of the thing that my son got super into. And it seemed like was the only thing that was like, you know, playing in the house for years once he got into Minecraft was, was these let's play videos for Minecraft. And at first I really rolled my eyes at this stuff. And then as I sat down and just kind of watched some of them with him, I was, I was like, this is actually like some of these, <laughs> some of these people are pretty funny. And some of the things that happen are unexpected. And sometimes you, you know, things just happen and it's great. And, uh, it can be, it can be really great. And, I think it's it's kind of interesting how it's turned into this new sort of medium. And, and Christina called it esports, which is um, a, a, like a, it seems like a funny, crazy term, but that's actually oh, it's a very much similar to just watching sports. And why not? I myself have not streamed any games. I've certainly thought about it. I'm not very good at many games, but there are some that uh, folks have streamed that would be fun to sort of play with with a bit of an audience, not so much for the sake of sort of having people tune in and watch, but more for having a conversation with folks as you're playing games. Um, my younger brother, he does... Uh, esports professionally um out of 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 he lives in florida and is a twitch streamer and he is very 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 good at many different games uh and most of it still perplexes me and uh i just find myself going i have no idea how any of this works but that's cool good for you um so yeah i i just wanted to see where everybody else was on that thank you all for your answers let us go to our final topic which comes from christina all right. So Bose announced that it is killing its AR initiatives, and they're just the latest company that is kind of backing off of what seemed to be this once hot trend of everybody getting into augmented reality. So what does this mean for the future of this sort of thing? I think maybe especially as there are still kind of, you know, rumors that Apple's going to have some AR glasses. And most importantly, are my Bose frames still going to work? <laughs> I, I cannot speak to your Bose frames. I hope so for your sake. Um, I, you know, Bose always seems like a slightly weird candidate to get into this technology, uh, given their specialty in audio and audio. That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought that was always an interesting choice. I, I think AR, it's gone through a few different waves, right? Because we had Google Glass and then Google Glass went away and, you know, Microsoft's been working on a HoloLens and all this stuff. So like the technology exists and it's out there, but it certainly hasn't cracked the consumer market. Um, so I think that we're still kind of waiting to see what the real applications or sort of killer app for AR is, because we've seen a lot of examples of stuff demoed on the iPhone and the iPad at various conferences over the years, but nobody wants to walk around holding their iPhone and their iPad out there. So uh, some sort of head-mounted display seems like a, a must-have and the problem with it has really just been nobody's made one that's like light and stylish enough that people want to wear it anywhere, uh, combined with something that's actually useful enough that there is a reason to do so. So I, I think the answer is nobody's cracked it yet. I would be hesitant to say nobody ever will. Um, but I think that, you know, we're probably going to hit a little dip here before somebody comes out, maybe Apple, maybe somebody else, uh, with the thing that actually makes this seem like real compelling technology. Uh, well, I think, it, yeah, I mean, basically, I, I agree with you. And Every time they have those demos, it's just sort of like everybody kind of 
pauses and <laughs> just sort of waits for the demo to be over because they're kind of cool looking, but you really can't imagine like playing a game that way. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't really hit you on a visceral level where you're like, oh my God, I really want to do that. And we've had a good uh, time kind of laughing at some of the rumors about Apple AR glasses possibly coming as soon as next year, which seems absolutely ludicrous because it doesn't seem like there's a, a real like market for this stuff yet because nobody has figured out how to define it. Maybe Apple will be able to do that. It just sort of seems like it's premature at this point. And I, I feel like it'll eventually happen, but we just don't seem to be there yet. Yeah, so I didn't even realize that Bose had an AR project uh, <laughs> that it was working on at all. Um, so the the idea that it's scrapping it, I guess for me, that's a good thing, because I, I had no idea that it was going on. Um, so <laughs> we get to keep status quo here. Um, I really think I'm not as bullish about AR uh, in its current state as maybe some uh, other technologists are but i think that it has potential and i can see how it could be incredible and so in that sense um and and given many or not many but a uh, uh, several of the big tech companies kind of either dipping their toe into AR or talking actively about AR. It tells me that there is a future for this. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're around the corner. I don't know if just around the corner is accurate, but certainly around the corner from uh, from AR. But I don't see it coming from Bose. Um, Bose, keep, keep doing your <laughs> audio thing, though. We love that. We do. Uh, Christina, what are your final thoughts on this? Yeah, so just so people are aware, the Bose frames are kind of awesome. They're they're a pair of sunglasses that have uh, built-in, um, basically, like, headphones. And so you have these sunglasses on, and you can listen to stuff as you're walking around. Yeah, so, so the audio quality is actually really good. And the idea behind their ARs thing was that it was kind of like audio AR, so that you could be around a certain area, and you could hear, you know, maybe a voice that would describe where you were or something. Never actually used that feature. So I'm with all of you in that I don't think we've quite hit the right use case. Although I will say, I think what Bose was trying to do was at least interesting and at least hit what they were doing. But I don't think we've quite hit the right use case. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for kind of my minority report moment. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced we'll get there eventually, but we're probably going to have to get battery life uh, taken care of. But it's I, I can't help but be sort of disappointed that all the cool future tech things, as outlandish and as dumb as they might be, it's always still sad when we see them not quite work out because... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to live in Minority Report without, like, the whole police state thing. Like, you know, yes. the dystopian thing aside, I, I do want the tech. Uh, all right. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But first, let me tell you, this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by StackBit. StackBit offers developers tools that enable inline content editing, live previews of content changes, sharing of real-time previews, and more on their Jamstack site. All of this supports the tools the developers already use, doesn't require code changes, and that's why StackBit is a great way to Jamstack. That's a development architecture based on client-side JavaScript, reusable APIs, and pre-built markup. StackBit lets content editors make changes and preview how they look right on the page so they can know how their changes will impact that page without needing to go through a whole publish and rebuild process. Content editors can also share real-time previews of content changes, and StackBit works with your existing tools, including your static site generator, your headless CMS, and deployment solutions. Try StackBit's editing and collaboration features right now via their site builder. 
Go to stackbit.com and click the Try Now button to, to create a Jamstack site in just minutes, built using modern tools and services like Gatsby, Sanity, Netlify, and GitHub. Once again, create your site today in just minutes at stackbit.com. Our thanks to Stackbit for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. All right, bonus topic. Very quickly, is there a place in your home or nearby that you can go to unwind these days? John? Dan, you've been in it. <laughs> I would say my office is the place that I go to retreat from <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when, it, when I first set up my office, it didn't have a couch, but now it has a couch in it. And um, let me tell you, if you have an office and you don't have a couch, get a couch for your office. <laughs> a fainting couch. Uh, yes. <laughs> mine is my bed by golly uh but but a very specific way so if if in the middle of the day i'm stressed out um and i'm home at least uh which is the case recently i'll go to my bed and i will quite literally take the covers and put them up over myself and make myself a little <laughs> uh cover tent and then you know do the the new york times crossword or something while i'm underneath the covers and listening to music or uh or something like that so yeah under the covers it's it's my uh, calming place what about you christina so my uh my my happy place i guess would probably also be my office um john i'm gonna take your advice i need to get a couch yeah. for my office that's that's definitely what i need to do i need to find room for it i'm gonna i've try, gotta try to figure that out but i think my office is probably my my relaxed and go-to place um my, my bedroom is a secondary one but but my office is there i will say in before times it was usually an airplane and uh, that does make me really sad because now the thought of getting on an airplane distresses me Aww. but that used to be my happy place mm. because that would be like like either the lounge or, or the plane itself that would kind of be where i would go to just chill yeah uh for me it's uh, we have like a little porch at the front of the house you know and so i can go sit at that with my little camp chair and get some outdoor time uh while still being in the shade and all of that and see the the cars drive by etc so that's that's where i go to relax like we could all use a little more relaxation these days that is the end of our show all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week john moltz thank you so much for being here dan thank you i think we solved a lot today excellent <laughs> and christina warren thank you so much for joining us uh thank you all and, and apologies for getting the added uh, background noise that was fun for everyone <laughs> well we're about to have some more as the trash truck comes up on me so i'll wrap up really quickly we'll be back next week uh but until then we remind all of you out there watch what you say and bunny dude god <laughs> bye everybody <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs>